Welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. And welcome back. I have a brand new, super exciting <laughs> co-host this time. This is, you've, you've heard about her. You have not necessarily heard her. You have heard some of her words because I've read some quotes, things that she's texted me. This is Sarah. Welcome. Hi. She's super excited to be here. I'm so excited. <laughs> I bribed her with cake and she responded with cookies because cookies. Because he asked me to, not, not, he says he bribed me with cake. No, he said, hey, bring over cookies and be on yeah. my podcast. That's I don't not really bribery. See, I don't see why that's a problem. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of, so if, if you don't remember Sarah, Sarah and I have known each other for a lot of years. Uh-huh. When did we meet? It was, it's been more when than. we first moved here, 15, 17 years ago. Almost, yeah. Almost 20. Yeah. And so we've had, um. A long-standing rivalry. Uh-huh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm the brother she never wanted. Yep, that's what I affectionately call him. And um, she's like a punk little sister. Awesome. <laughs> that, that makes me look really good. <laughs> so, one of my favorite stories that I she she reminded me, and, and I did share it on the podcast a, a few weeks ago, when we learned about patience. And Are you going to let me tell the story? You tell so the story. told right? Tell the story the right way, however you want to tell it. Because <laughs> you told it, but... <laughs> I did. And Allison was, was not there. Allison and Justin were over for dinner last week, two weeks ago, I think. And there was a uh, a story that came up and, and Justin just kept saying, no. And I told him, <laughs> he has to come in here so I can record <laughs> that one word so that Allison no. can push the button that anytime she disagrees with me... She just has in her husband's voice, no, no, and he awesome. hasn't done it yet. But go ahead, yes, tell your story. I won't even interrupt. No, I don't. But have I made to tell the whole story. You down. were. It was mostly right. <laughs> the moral of the story is I need to learn patience, um, and Heavenly Father has done a very good job of teaching me that over the course of my forty plus years of life. But um, what you neglected to tell people is that for a long time, I would, when I needed a laugh, I would text you something about patience. <laughs> And I remember one day I was really having a frustrating day and I texted you, I am a patient woman, I am a patient woman, I am a patient woman, because that was funny to me because then I got me to laugh. And you just texted me back, me too, which totally <laughs> cracked me up. Yes. So then I was like, it's going to be on your gravestone now. Here lies Ken Williams. Hashtag I'm a patient woman. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. I know. It's that was awesome. great though. I do remember that. We've had a lot and of funny patient moments. Yeah. We've had a lot of, yes. Yeah. Sarah's the type of person that knows me better than I like people to know me. Uh-huh. And she knows things Vice about versa. me. Uh-huh. That I don't, she, yes. <laughs> this could be dangerous. <laughs> Punk little sister. That's how that works, <laughs> That's exactly. Man. You just said it. So we had a, uh, we've had some conversations uh, over, over time. And um, it was a week or two ago that I got a, a Marco Polo from Sarah. And because I have kind of danced around, I'm going to introduce the topic for this week's conversation, uh, I think, with this story. That, that something that I have, have had a, a desire to tackle somehow in this podcast, not just in the podcast, but in my life, is when I'm in the middle of a lesson that I consider to be a snoozer, something that doesn't, it's just not connecting with me. How can I turn that around? How can I, how can I, as an observer, I'm not necessarily the teacher because I am not always teaching <laughs> every lesson I am. I mean, even though he wants to, be. I would love to, mm-hmm. but how can I turn that around? And I have been a little bit cautious because I have had um, the recognition that people who may listen to this may know people that I'm might be talking about, and I'm not necessarily talking about them. I'm really talking in general terms, uh, though I will tell some specific stories, but hopefully there's enough distance and, and um, 
et cetera, <laughs> that, that I'm not identifying a, a specific person. But Sarah sent a, a message and she said, Ken, just own it. Your podcast is to get people to think and just own it. If people think about what you talk about, just own it. And I like that idea. I like accepting the fact that if I'm talking about you, uh, then I'm not talking about you. But if you feel like I am talking about you, then then there you go. I'm glad you're thinking about things. And um, there you go. So I want to start with a couple of, um, I just kind of set the context. I have been um, a teacher in a lot of different callings. I taught seminary for two years. I absolutely loved it. Learned some phenomenal things as I did that. And then the church caught up <laughs> with, with what I had learned. They they actually put some structure to Come Follow Me and uh, created that, or they implemented the program. So my seminary years were before Come Follow Me. And I was the high counselor responsible for Sunday school for a couple of years, about three years. And then after that, I was the stake Sunday school president for about two years. And so that's at least my recent formal assignment having to do with teaching. I was called, one of my favorite callings in the whole, my whole life was, I was elders quorum instructor. I loved it for the one time that for I got to do it. For the one time you taught. <laughs> awesome. It was so great. And I, I went to the, because I had the, I was trying to set the stage for how I wanted to do things. I was in a, a high priest group meeting years and years ago. So no, I'm not talking about you because I don't remember who I was talking about. Okay, I do, but I'm not going to say. So, <laughs> and my father-in-law was in there who had either recently been baptized or not yet been baptized, but he's fairly new to the gospel in either case. And we're talking about something. He raised his hand and said, okay, I get what you're saying, but how do we apply this to us today? And the instructor said, oh, that's a really good question. If we have time, we'll talk about that at the oh, end. And I thought, I hate that. Oh, what a missed opportunity. <laughs> so there's that. And then um, I, I may share some other stories later on, but I have been in my share of now because of my assignments, I've been in many wards, many branches, different stakes as I've been, as I travel and visit people. I have been in all sorts of different situations. And so I'm talking about them. Okay. <laughs> I'm not talking about any other specific person. But I absolutely love teaching. I love being in good lessons. And for me, I'm going to ask you, first of all, Sarah, how would you define, if you're sitting in a lesson, how would you, what is your criteria for this is a good lesson as opposed to this is a snoozer? Um. I, I want to be thinking about the lesson. Mm -hmm. So I, <laughs> my attention is all over the place. So, um, but I want to, I, I want to be able to leave the lesson saying, I had never thought of that. Okay. If it's not something somebody said, then it's something that was asked of me that made me think outside of I don't know where where I was. Mm -hmm. I I want to leave a lesson feeling like I was inspired by something even if it was little. Something new. Was, something new. Yes. I, it has me thinking about something in a way I've never thought about it before. So not necessarily new information, not necessarily new um history. Right. But a new angle or a new context. But I had thought about it differently. Yes. Okay. And and I'm not saying it's the, it's always the teacher's responsibility to do that. Right. Um, I was in a Sunday school lesson recently that um, I probably shouldn't say recently, but anyway. This was a long time ago. It was a long time <laughs> ago that the teacher was um, not inspiring. And and I wasn't feeling it, but she read a quote by Parley P. Pratt, I believe. And, uh, and he talked about... Um, being called into Zion's camp and 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 all of this stuff, and he talked about how it it was hard for him. Like he talked about all the things he had already given up. It was a journal entry, all the things he'd already given up. And I walked away feeling because of a comment someone else had made, 
like, okay, this was hard for him to do, and he did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, and that was good for me. Like, that was a good lesson for me, even though the teacher wasn't inspiring. The comment by the person that drew my attention to that um, helped me. So my dad is a is a natural teacher, and I I think, and you are too. It pains me to compliment you. Sorry, but um, oh my goodness, that was hard to do, Ken. It's, there are just people out there who are just natural, natural teachers. They are just good at it. They get excited when other people, when the light comes on for other people, and they they just yeah. love that, and they're just good at that. Um, and some people aren't, and that's okay. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That didn't go anywhere specific. Well, no, Sorry. I think it. I think, <laughs> so um, first of all, the the natural teacher in me is, and and a lot of it I've learned over years. I I reference seminary. One of the things that I did as a seminary teacher was I I wrote up my lesson plan. First, I'm going to talk about this scripture. This was Book of Mormon. I think it was New Testament year. Was my first year that I taught. So I'm going to talk about this scripture. I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to talk about the context in this way. And I noticed that the kids would ask questions that didn't follow my plan. They were asking things out of order. And it was, <laughs> it was oh not, my goodness. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> no, I remember the night that I sat down and I thought this, the way that I'm planning is not working. And this is really come follow me style um, planning that I was starting to get into before it existed that way. And I thought, I'm going to try something. It was terrifying because I didn't have what I was going to start with. I didn't have what my bridge story was going to be or what my context uh, explanation was going to be. I just, I studied the scriptures. I made notes in the margins. I highlighted the things that I wanted to talk about. And that was it. And then I went into the lesson, the, the classes with a question or two that really kicked things off. And then I realized so first of all, it was terrifying. If you've not taught this way before, it is scary. It is very scary. Because you don't know where it's going to go. But on the back side, on the back end of it, I realized we hit every single thing that I wanted to. Everything that I thought was important, we got into things that I didn't know we were going to get into. Or not even in the order that I thought we would. But we hit everything that I thought was important, and and it was amazing. And so I... It got easier and easier as time went on, but that's how I love to teach now is instead of having an agenda, this is how we're going to hit everything. I like having, uh, just having it open. Here are some ideas that I want to start with, and then hopefully we get to something that um, there's, and I can't remember who, who said this. I want to say Elder Anderson said, revelation is scattered among us. And I don't, as a teacher, I don't have the, the luck on all the insights. And so I have some insights and Sarah has, it pains me to say this, Sarah. I know. Sarah, <laughs> Sarah has some insights. The Allison has some, sister has sorry, insights. What? I have to mention Annette as well. Annette has insights. Uh, yeah, because you should love everybody. <laughs> and that right. might be my favorite co-host, by the way. I love Annette. <laughs> and that's one of my favorites. We just can't talk about Mark. Oh, okay. The, Deal. I am way okay with that. Talk about punk little brothers. <laughs> That's I right. mean. Sarah knows Mark too. <laughs> so um, I started out, when I first taught Elders Quorum, I started my lesson just kind of setting the stage. For my tenure as a teacher, we are not going to be talking about theoretical. We were gonna, we're going to talk about the application. How do we apply things to us today? Well, that lasted a whole single lesson. One lesson, and then I got a call from the high counselor. <laughs> Uh, Brother Williams, we want to call you to be in the Elders Quorum Presidency. And I thought, no, I'm happy where I am. So then as a presidency, we're trying to figure out who do we call as a new teacher. And I'm arguing with the presidency. We had a good teacher. We had somebody. He was just fine. And super humble. (laughs) Super humble. You have no idea how humble he is. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So I remember a conversation that I had with one of the... um, not one of my students, but a student I was um, working with the youth in my my calling at the time. And so one of the young men came to me and and we were talking, this is, come follow me, is brand new at this point. And he asked me, and really I probably asked him, 
how are your lessons going? How are things going? What's working? What's not working? And um, he said, it's really frustrating because there are times that a person will sideline the whole lesson. And that does happen. And so my question to him is, if somebody can tank the whole lesson, is it possible that one person can turn it around? And I love when I come up with a question like that, that I don't know the answer to. And and my theory is, yes, somebody can turn it around and not necessarily 100% of the time. Right. You can't take a, on a scale of one to 10, a one lesson and make it a 10. Mm -hmm. But I think there are times that you can make it better. You can turn it around for some piece, some people. So going back to that lesson that you were talking about, Sarah, what made the difference for you that you walked out with an insight? Was it the quote that was read that you had an insight or was there something else that happened? Um, it, it was, it was the quote and then another comment. Okay. So somebody else said it engaged. Someone else made a comment. Um, and then the teacher said, because I'm contradictory, (laughs) (laughs) the teacher made a comment that, uh, made it sound like, oh, they just willingly went like it was, and we should all be that way. We should willingly go. And I'm contradictory. So I made a comment and I said, actually, I didn't get that out of that at all. Mm -hmm. I said, what I got was, it was hard for him to say yes. I said, and that was comforting for me because, um, well, for instance, I'm in a calling right now that is not my favorite. And when they first called me, I I almost looked at the bishops and said, really, bishop? (laughs) Go back and pray some more. (laughs) That's right. Um, it's been a good calling for me. It's been a learning experience, but it, I did not, I, I didn't come out of that interview going, woohoo, <laughs> calling of a lifetime. Yay. And you we're know? not in the same ward, so. We're not, so. <laughs> That's probably good all the way around. It's okay. But yeah, so, and I think sometimes we have callings that come to us that we feel completely inadequate for. Mm-hmm. And for some people that might be teaching. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, I don't know. So that insight came from. A comment from a comment, and then maybe my contradictory nature. But um, so because it was those... funny because the teacher was very determined to get through the plan. Yes, which that makes me insane. My least favorite words in a lesson. My least favorite words in a lesson are, um, "Okay, well, we need to get through our whole lesson before the time is done, so we're going to come back to the lesson because I feel like you miss." something. Yeah. So you were saying it's really scary. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's really scary. So come follow me came out. Did that come out before or after I was in Stake Young Women? Uh was, was it 13? I think it was after. Yeah. So um but my dad has always naturally taught that way. Uh-huh. Therefore I learned to teach that way. And uh and it is scary. It's scary to just let loose like mm-hmm. that. But there's a magic that happens when you do. Yeah. And once you experience that, you want it more. Yeah. Because it's so amazing. Yes. And because it's not you teaching anymore, it's everyone learning together. Yes. And it's magical. And uh, and so you you don't want to not do it. So the hard thing is, is letting go enough to get to that place. Uh-huh. Because once you get there, you'll never want to go back. Right. Absolutely. The, the lessons are so much better. Um, my elders quorum lesson today, I did not teach today just to make oh, sure I'm okay. not complimenting myself, but there was a, there was a visitor who ended the, after the, I think it was after the closing bar, he stood up and he, and he said, I just want you to know that this is how elders quorum lessons are supposed to go. I thought it was a, it was a great discussion. We did not sit and watch a video of the conference talk. We did not read large quotes of the conference talk. There were questions that were introduced as a part of the, the talk, and things just rolled. There were um, insights that people shared. Um, it was it was really a, a great experience. And so I'm, I'm thinking of a couple things uh, that that we may play around with. The first one, let's start with this. If you are not comfortable with that style of teaching, what do you do? How do you get, how do you dip your toe in that water? 
That's a good question. And that's one of my favorite things to hear, by the way, when I ask questions is, that's a good question. Because to me, it means <laughs> that's something I haven't thought about before. I haven't. And and probably, like I said, because I was just taught to teach that way. So I don't know that I've ever felt like I needed to get, you know, I, I was taught that the preparation for the lesson was for me and the lesson right. part was for everyone else in the lesson. And so it's natural for me because I was taught that way. But um, and maybe, maybe there's a way to do it in baby steps, maybe just, uh, I don't know. That's so hard. Not, it is. It, it can be hard. There are a couple things that have come to my mind that I, th I think I would throw out as ideas for somebody who's teaching a lesson. Then and, answer your own good question. Well, I wanted to get something else because... <laughs> Just this kidding. is the Ken show. Well, it kind of is. It kind show. of is the Ken show. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, but I, I don't. Just like with any lesson, I don't have all of the insights. I want right. to, um, and and there may be something that comes up as as we're talking. There's a uh, a teaching saints virtual summit that Kurt Frankham did on the leading saints. Um, he shared it on, on his podcast. This is a couple years ago. Excellent, excellent program. If you are not part of Leading Saints, that's a great, uh, great resource. And he interviewed a dozen or two teachers, excellent teachers like Brad Wilcox and, and Hank Smith and people like that who are kind of showing their cards. Here's how I teach. Here's how I get the results that I get. And Deanna Murphy, who is not somebody that I'd heard of before, but she shared four questions that she asks in lessons. And these are less, these are questions that are powerful because they don't have a wrong answer. Okay. I had started um, some of my lessons asking for people to share. So what experiences have you had that kind of parallel what the conference talk is? And I was getting crickets. And I realized as I listened to this, this uh, Teaching Saints Summit that I was asking a deeper question before people were comfortable. So the first question she asks is, after reading a, a passage of a talk or a scripture, what stood out? And the great thing about that question is there is no wrong answer. And what stood out to me and what stood out to Sarah and what stood out to somebody else could be totally different and it's right for every one of us. In fact, we were talking to Marcine, my wife, who was in singing time for primary last week with these young kids, and she was talking about how powerful that question was as they're singing and what stood out. And they're saying things like, well, we were singing louder at this part and softer at that part. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and now think about the words and what stood out. And they're sharing their insights to the words. And she said it was really insightful, really neat to see how they were connecting with that question. They were thinking about it. The second question is, why? Why is that important? And again, that's there is no wrong answer. Why that thing stood out to me is maybe different than why that same thing or something different stood out to you. And it doesn't matter because we're both right. Right. And the third question, I think, is what does that mean for us? And again, no wrong answer. And once people are on a roll talking about that, you can ask question number four, which is what I had started with. How do we apply that to our lives? And so that's that's one thing. Four easy questions. You can start with that. As you read this talk that we're going to discuss in Relief Society today, what stood out? Yeah. I think the crutch, too, that some teachers have a hard time getting over, maybe because of assumptions that have just culturally been there. Mm -hmm. Um is uh, needing to read the lesson, needing to read. Like, um, I think a good place to start is assuming your class already read everything. Okay. Whether they did or not. Right. It doesn't matter, but assume they read everything and start there. And then I love that, the questions. And what I loved about Marcin's, Marcin's situation is that she didn't discount the child. So they had played a game and... What did you notice? Well, we found the toy right away, you know, and she didn't discount that answer. Right. 
And she didn't skip over it. You're right. We did. Mm -hmm. You know, it was um, because as human beings, we want to be validated. Sure. And to be comfortable sharing the deeper stuff, we need to be validated for the other stuff. Right. So I love that that as a teacher, I think it's important to validate all the answers. Because like you said, there's not a wrong one. Right. That answer wasn't wrong. You did find the toy right away. But um, she validated that quickly and and then I'm sure that child was comfortable enough to keep sharing. Yeah. And and the other thing that she did, when she didn't get the answer, it wasn't along the lines that she was hoping. Her question, her initial question, great question, but it wasn't obvious that she wanted to have them think about the lyrics, for example. She just asked this general, what did, what did you notice? Well, we noticed the volume was different. We noticed that the kid looking for the toy took a long time sometimes and a short time other times. So those are all true things. So yeah, she did validate that, but then she she narrowed the focus a little bit. Okay, now let's think about the words. What did you notice? And got some great insights. So that's that's one thing. I think questions like that are going to, first of all, I don't know that there's a, a time that you can't answer that question. You could halfway through a lesson say, okay, what did you notice that the Spirit has spoken to you in this lesson so far. Now, it doesn't matter who you are. If you got a prompting from the Spirit, then that's something you could share. What if you didn't get a prompting of the Spirit because you're been, you've been on Facebook or Instagram or whatever the kids <laughs> call it these days? <laughs> TikTok. You TikToking in church? <laughs> I don't know. You don't share. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention because you're kind of boring. I, I'm not sure I would say that. No, but I, I think it comes back to personal accountability. I, True. If the lesson's not good, maybe it's because you're on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Maybe it's because you're texting your friend in the middle of the lesson. But what if... I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can pull for, phone records, which no, I can't. But, but I think... If if I heard a question like that in a in a lesson that I wasn't really engaged in, that might get me a little bit more focused. It I might, might yeah. I might get a little bit more engaged. And then I might notice something from the spirit. Because it is does put personal responsibility out there. Right. What are you noticing? What is what is the spirit speaking to you? It's your responsibility to listen. I can't make you. So if you're teaching a lesson, do you are you walking in with the expectation that they've read? The assignment beforehand, or that they haven't read. I walk in with the expectation that they have. Okay. Um, I'm a natural consequences kind of lady, so mm-hmm. if you haven't, then you're not going to get a lot out of my lesson because I'm right. not going to read the lesson in the lesson. That's not. That's not the point. It's not the point, and we won't get anything out of it. Right. That's not. And frankly, I cheat everybody who did come prepared. That's a good point too. And I don't want to do that either. So now I have been to lessons before where I forgot to read the lesson ahead of time. Um, and I didn't get as much out of it as I could have, but I still get stuff out of it, you know, even if I didn't read it ahead of time. But yeah, I just because, especially now with a, a shortened church, you just don't have time to waste mm-hmm. if you want to get to that wonderful place where everyone's feeling and sharing. Right. Now, I... I I like that. I, I'm with you. When my one time that I taught, I said the same thing. My assumption is that you've come prepared to to talk, and if you haven't, that's okay. But I think it's important. You have to tell people what to be prepared with. Yeah. And so um, I have been to more than one lesson where I don't have any idea what we're going to be talking about. Oh, that's frustrating. I don't know how to prepare for that one, unless I'm going to sit and listen to the ten hours of general conference again. And- <laughs> That's I haven't true. done that yet. So. Um, now I will have the disclaimer. I've spent most of my adult life in primary. So <laughs> I don't do a lot of adult <laughs> lessons. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, but I've had the magic in primary. So it doesn't matter <laughs> what age true. you teach. That's true. And you can have insights and you can share insights and you can gain insights regardless or irregardless. We irregardless. Like irregardless. Yeah. yeah. Irregardless. Uh, of the age age group. Sorry, um, <laughs> I don't think she listens. She'll never know. 
I don't think I've explained the, the inside joke there. Maybe I will someday. Okay. Um, something else that I think I would tell instructors is have faith in your students. If you ask good questions and you have confidence that they will respond with good answers, and those four questions are a great place to start. Yeah. Um, I've been in plenty of lessons where people ask things like, so why did Joseph Smith go to the Grove of Trees to pray? Okay, we learned this like 100 years ago. Right. Do I really need to say the, the answer? So good questions that that prompts some insight, some thinking, I think is important. Um, and a way that I've been able to get there myself is really two questions. I think I got this from my dad. Thinking about what it, what would it have been like to be there? Whether it's the scripture that we're reading, or if there's a story in a conference talk, or a um, maybe if there's some kind of an insight that you're drawing from a conference talk, what would it have been like to be there in in a situation where you gain that kind of insight? And then um, another another thought is what's missing. What's missing from the scriptures? So I'm going to give you an example of of the uh, what would have been like to be there. I spent the last few days traveling through uh, some of the church history sites with CJ, and uh, he was one of our he was our co-host last week. And um, as we went to the Hill Camorra, we visited with some of the the missionaries there, and <laughs> the sweet senior sister, sister I. I, I don't know if anybody's even going to know, Sister Isom, uh -huh. sweet, sweet lady. And um, she said, oh, I had this insight. I just have to tell you. Okay, great. Let's share the insight. Go for it. And her husband walks up and he says, I take no responsibility for this woman, which was good. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, so she's talking about Joseph Smith. And as he's translating the Book of Mormon, he gets to the part about baptism and and they go to the the grove of trees and they pray and John the Baptist has um, um, has come to restore the, the priesthood. And um, so the, just the way that she described this is just imagine Joseph and he sees John the Baptist and he's, you know, he's seen some of this in vision. And so he turns to Oliver and says, dude, that's John the Baptist. <laughs> Dude. So, and you That's can exactly see her, how I would picture it. Uh -huh. Her husband is saying, he's rolling his eyes saying, okay, this is not doctrine. This is just. But oh my then, goodness. I'm suddenly <laughs> seeing my husband and I as missionaries one day. <laughs> so Dude. Continues, and this is where it struck me that here's Joseph Smith. He's translated the Book of Mormon. He, he has been in a relationship, we'll call it, with Moroni for years. He's had visions. He's had he's been instructed for years. And here he is at the end of the Book of Mormon translating Moroni's life. And I'd never thought about that. What would that have been like for Joseph wow. to be translating the life of his friend Moroni? Yeah. And wow, that Okay, for me, that's a mind-blowing insight. I don't know. I don't know what it would have been like, but wow, that yeah. would have been amazing. There was a video that we watched that de depicted where Joseph got to the point in the Book of Mormon where um, the, the, the fate of children who die without having been baptized mm -hmm. is revealed, and they had just lost their son. And it shows Joseph running out... And sharing that knowledge with Emma that oh, our son is not lost. And I wondered, so here's one of my insights. I wonder how much Joseph got to ponder as he's dictating a dozen or so words at a time, and he's waiting for his scribe to write those things down, as he's pondering those things and gaining insights, like we would gain as we're reading through the Book of Mormon and pondering. And... That just, I had never considered that. And so two questions that I think have, for me personally, have been powerful. What would it have been like to be there, to experience that in the way that we're reading about it? And number two, what's missing from the scriptures? The last verse, I think, in the book of John says that 
there were so many things that Christ taught that if they had all been written down, the world itself could not contain all the books. So there's a lot that we don't have. And so imagine what is not there. And that, I think, will allow the Spirit to work in us and gain some insights. Yeah, I love that. There's, um, see, I'm not a very good scriptorian, but as far as remembering where things are, but you know, there's the part in the Book of Mormon where it talks about other records, mm-hmm. and I've often wondered about those other records. Like, there's, you think we have the Bible of this people and Book of Mormon of the Americas. Well, what other people were there and what other records are there? And yeah, there's so much missing. And and there's so much we don't think about, too, because we're seeing it from the perspective of centuries later mm-hmm. instead of in the moment. Right. And so um, I think it was you once that talked to me about um, having the Book of Mormon only from Nephi's perspective. You know, having the yeah. book, we're only seeing this from Nephi's perspective. What about the other perspectives there? Like what? And yeah, so to think about it deeply like that is insightful. Yeah, I think letting your your mind kind of go in different directions that what would have been the... So here's what Nephi's experience was. Here's what uh, Lehi had as his experience or Alma, Moroni, and things like that. I think, I think that can draw some insight. So we've talked a little bit about what a teacher can do. What if you're a student and your teacher hasn't figured this out yet? Aside from sending them to this podcast. <laughs> this is what you can do. I want to go back to teachers for a okay. second. Yeah. The other thing I think I would counsel a teacher to do is trust the spirit. Yes. Because um, it's scary to let go, but trust that the Spirit's going to help you guide that classroom where it needs to go. Right. Um, and that's that's hard. I'm, I'm not discounting that, but um, because the Spirit takes care of it, you know, yeah. and gets it. I've been in lessons where things have been said that you just kind of cringed. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, the teacher shows skill beyond what they have mm-hmm. to guide it back because the Spirit helps you do that. Right. So trust the spirit. And as you're prepared, then now I have heard people say, it's come follow me. I don't have to prepare anything. It's all going to be class discussion. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's <laughs> then you don't know. You don't know what's you don't get those impressions as you're as right. you're preparing. Right. So it's a little bit like <laughs> I remember being at BYU and you know, you pray, you pray that you're going to do good on a test and you go and you take the test and you really haven't studied much. You're not going to do good on a test. I'm studying for that one. Right, right. Heavenly Father's not just going to give you the knowledge in the moment. You have to be prepared. Yeah. So, so if you're a student in a class. Okay. What do you do? What do you do? If it, if it just is not, it's not resonating with you. Now, granted, it may not be resonating with you because you're on Facebook or because you're not engaged, but if you're there, if you're really trying and it's just not connecting with you. I don't know. That's hard because the example of the lesson before that I was talking about, I had some real bad attitude in that lesson. Mm. I, I was struggling. And it's <laughs> when every time the teacher said, well, we're almost out of time and we got to get through this. It just, oh, it, yeah. my, I just got frustrated more and more and more. And I know that that was stopping the spirit from being a part of me and the lesson yeah. there. Um, but a great comment would be made and then teacher would go right back to, and that was hard for me. Um, so I know personally, I have to let go of that frustration when the lesson's not going how I think it should. Yeah. I have to let go of my own personal frustration because that's what's stopping me. Like I could be having a good experience regardless, irregardless, irregardless yeah. of the teacher. <laughs> Because the teacher does let comments happen and does, you know, like I said, that insight came from someone else's comment. And yeah. and it was a good insight for me. It helped me feel better about myself. Anyway. <laughs> I think it, it can be it can be a little bit tricky. And um I was in a lesson one time and it was Old Testament. So there's so much and so much that I don't know and I don't understand. And and uh 15 minutes early, the teacher's wrapping it up. Well, and uh, that's pretty much all I have. And oh. and <laughs> 15 How minutes How did that early. even happen in Old Testament? I wow. So my wife is sitting next to me and she's so sweet and kind and 
she elbowed me and she said, Ken, you have to do something. And I said, no, I don't. I don't have to do anything. This is not my show. And uh, he was trying to wrap it up and and he, the teacher, and she nudged me again and she said, do something. (laughs) Okay. So I came up with a question and the question was... um, Something that, that was, you know, how do we apply this to our lives? Something like that. Uh-huh. And uh, he answered it. And so I, I've learned a lot of things by not getting the results, just like what we were talking about with Marcine and, and her primary questions that weren't getting quite the results that she was looking for. And so you just change your tactic or you change your change your question. So I thought, okay, that didn't work. So I, I so here's some things. These are, these are stealth moves. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that might work. So number one, when you ask a question, if you want to ask a good insightful question that the teacher has not asked, make sure you make sure it's clear you're not asking the teacher because I don't care what the teacher thinks. I'm not asking the teacher to know how do we apply this in our lives or whatever. I'm asking the class. So you can, it's a subtle thing, but you can body shift. So you're not facing the teacher face the rest of the of the class. Okay. So in some cases, depending on where you're sitting, you may have your back to the teacher. And then you just, you don't turn back. And so when I did this, it was super fun because four hands popped up and I started calling on them. <laughs> I'd like to hear your <laughs> You literally took over. I did. But after the first question, then the teacher was, he stepped back in and he was trying to take back over and close things up. And I said, hold on. After he stopped being flustered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. I there are three other comments. I want to hear what they have to say. And so I think if if we approach it from a a genuine curiosity, I really want to know how other people have approached this question. Um, that's that's one way that I have had some results. That teacher probably still doesn't like. You. He probably doesn't. <laughs> I did take him some chocolate cake, so we'll see. <laughs> people in the classroom are probably okay. <laughs> I did that in a primary class once. I kind of just took over. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was really just the warm body supposed to be in with the other person. And she was a substitute too. But um, same thing with 20 minutes of primary. And she was trying to fly through this entire Come Follow Me lesson, which I had read. So I knew. And uh, I kept stopping her. And she would just fly over. And the talks that Sunday were about sanctifying and... And so she's like, well, you guys heard the talk, so that's good. And these are nine-year-olds. Yeah. And I said, I said, wait, 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 sister, can I ask a question? And they're like, yeah. And I said, I'm just really not quite sure what sanctification means. Girls, can you help me? It was all girls in the classroom. Uh-huh. I said, girls, can you help me? I'm, I'm really not sure. And they were all like, well, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I said, huh, well, let's look back at the scripture again and read it. And so I had them read it. And then they started throwing out some ideas at me mm-hmm. and – you know, I would, I tried to really validate every idea, whether they were good or not, you know, whether I thought they were good or not, right. because they were all moving in the direction that I felt like it should go for them to learn. Right. Oh, well, what do you think that means? Why do you think we want to be sanctified? Why do you think, you know, and, and I just, and then the, the teacher kept trying to bring it back to her <laughs> lesson and, sister, can I ask a question? <laughs> And we're so polite. We're not going to say no. I know. I know. I'm sure she hated me, but we had really great discussions with mm-hmm. these nine-year-old girls. And so I don't regret it anyway. But I'm also that contradictory person. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the reasons that you're here today. <laughs> because we have such great conversations. No. So another thing that I've, that I've discovered, because there would be plenty of lessons. I would go visit people out of town. So it wasn't somebody that I'm not talking about you. Sure. (laughs) And I would sit there and I would mentally uh, just criticize the teacher for missing the mark on this. And that was not a good question that and whatever. And I discovered, um, I happened to be in in a class with a guy. He was not called to be a teacher, but had, I had heard him teach and he was an amazing teacher. And after one of these difficult lessons where I just, I watched the clock trying to, trying to get through this thing. I had the thought, what if, what if we teamed up and so it doesn't have to be the Ken show. It doesn't have to be the Sarah show or somebody else. And if, 
I ask a, a question that I'm trying to get some some deeper discussion and you notice it, then respond. And if I don't ask a question that you're thinking of, then I'll do the same thing for you. You ask the question, I'll back you up. And so then we've got, and then if you can have two or three people doing that, you can have kind of a, you can kind of in a kind and a polite, non-obtrusive uh, way, hijack the lesson in a good way and take it to some place where you're going to have some really good discussion without having um, the explicit permission of the teacher. You're just, hey, I've got a question about this. And you're your partner in crime says, hey, that's a great question. Here's an insight that I have, or here's an observation that might help. Sure. Which is great because going back to the point before, I think once as a teacher, you experience that kind of class, that uh-huh. kind of situation, and that it's okay for it to happen that way, yeah. even good, then you tend to want it more. Well, I think if you're expecting your lesson to follow a certain track and it doesn't, even if you experience that, it it may be frustrating. Mm -hmm. And so I think being open to how, how, how did that class go? How was it? And then maybe realize that we talked a few weeks ago about sometimes I just need to accept the fact that I'm wrong about something. Now, this would be great for Allison to be in here because she would tell you that, yes, I'm wrong about all sorts of things. Yeah. (laughs) I'll do it in her place. You're wrong about a lot of stuff. I am wrong about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But in case CJ listens to this, my hair is amazing. It is. (laughs) He says in the most humble of ways. Super, super humble. I'm so humble, Uh I can hardly stand it. I know. (laughs) Struggling to be in the same room with you, your humility is... (laughs) So overwhelming. Your cookies are pretty good. So I, you can. It's not my favorite batch. I hope you like them. They're okay. They're good. Anyway. Yeah. Did you already eat one? Yeah. Did I not notice you eat one? You didn't notice, but I ate one. <laughs> okay. They're not bad. Chocolate chip cookies, some of the best things in the world. And I make the best ones in the world, but That's this batch wasn't my favorite. Now, this has nothing to do with anything, but Sarah is a frequent topic of conversation. Uh-oh. When we talk about cookies. Oh, okay. And her her spectacular wedding gift for Allison and Justin. Ah, that was so much fun. We called it in cake nido. Which started as a joke, <laughs> but it was the most brilliant thing ever. It was so great. It was a lot of fun. So tell the story briefly. We're about at the end and we have nothing else to talk about except in cake nido. Except in cake nido. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so Allison wanted, Allison in frustration, you know, when you get married, everyone has all these well intentions of things they feel like you should have. And, and she was feeling frustrated because everyone felt like she should have this cake and she didn't want to have a cake. She wanted cookies. And so we started scheming. <laughs> so this is what Allison so and I, great. when Allison and I get together, we scheme. Her parents are very supportive, by the way. So, oh my goodness. So we started scheming about how we could have the traditional cake, but not have cake. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. So we came up with this in-cake needle plan. And uh, I'm, I'm, I love thinking outside of the box. So that was great for me. I think it was, was just you me. and Allison that knew about it. Nobody else knew about it. Nope. Nobody else knew about it. It was fantastic. Justin didn't know about it. Justin had zero <laughs> idea, crazy. which is awesome because he thought I was a terrible. And what's funny is he went into it with everyone telling him what a wonderful baker I was. And I was making this wedding cake. And, and, and he was so excited to have this cake from this wonderful baker. And then he thought I was a terrible baker because he couldn't cut into it. So I took cardboard and I made a cake shape hollow on the bottom. She also wanted an apple pie. So one layer, had, the biggest layer had cake, cookies underneath it. The middle layer had an apple pie. And then the top layer had more cookies. And then I put just the tiniest, you could barely see it, but the tiniest little ribbon on the back so you could lift up the layer and get what <laughs> you was, wanted underneath. It was so great. And then I told Allison where it was when we got there. But I decorated it just like a wedding cake. It was a three-tiered, beautiful cake. It and, was beautiful. And, uh, and Justin not, tried and to cut it. <laughs> It didn't cut, and he was very frustrated. I think it started because, and I actually found a picture, or Allison sent me a picture uh-huh. recently of your birthday when I had done that yes. for your birthday because yep. you don't really like cake. I'm ironically I'm not a cake, cake. Person. Correct. And so I made 
a fake cake with cookies underneath. It was a nine by thirteen pan that was that been I frosted, frosted like a cake. Uh huh. And so, which was, may or may not have resulted in a large frosting fight, there, but yes, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I think that's what started the discussion. I think it was so. brilliant, though. It, it was, was great. it was brilliance. It was it shows what kind of horrible, devious things happen when Allison and I <laughs> started thinking together. <laughs> uh, we come up time. with some stuff. <laughs> so, and then the great thing is that we can somehow take that and turn it into a uh, gospel application at some point. There That'll be part of a lesson that I remember this time I that there was this cake and was, it was not Satan's what it seemed. <laughs> It was cookies instead. <laughs> it was cookies instead. It was so great. Oh, uh, it was fantastic. <laughs> well, I don't know that we solved any of the world's problems or if we made any progress on on this, but it was... A- Other than maybe offending a few more people. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. It's just my mom who listens. I'm good at that. <laughs> sometimes sometimes <laughs> Silas. My favorite uh, thing that Silas said is, I've listened to a couple of your episodes. They're not horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's a glowing review. I love it. It's my favorite review of all time. I love it. My favorite episodes are the ones Annette is on because you should just love people. And I just, I think that's fantastic. I've never met Annette, but she's quite possibly one of my favorite people. We'll have to get you on with uh, Annette on Zoom or something like that. We'll do an episode with her. and I would love to meet her. She's awesome. (laughs) You guys, you guys would hit it off. So, but thanks for listening. If you have other ideas on how you can turn a lesson, a bad lesson into a good lesson or a good lesson into a great lesson, I would love to hear them. Ken at chocolatecakebites.com or Sarah at whatever you want to talk. just <laughs> Or just Sarah. don't reach out to Sarah because she's <laughs> crazy and contradictory. She's, but, <laughs> but it's kind of fun. So. <laughs> but she makes the best cookies in the world. She does. And she brought me some and I tasted them. They're delicious. And I gave her cake in return. Uh (laughs) I'm excited about that. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas. And you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake?